Welcome to the Barley Hopper Podcast, where we talk about beer, business, and the business of beer. My name is Carl Weaver, and I'll be your host. Welcome back. This is our pre-Christmas episode of the Barley Hopper Podcast. Today I'm drinking a White Russian. Cream ale, that is. White Russian cream ale. Brewed with coffee and vanilla beans. This is from Jailbreak Brewing Company in, I think it's Laurel, Massachusetts. uh, Not Laurel, Massachusetts. Laurel, Maryland. I mean, Maryland is is far enough north. It might as well be uh, Massachusetts for all I care. But uh, it is, yeah, Laurel, Maryland. So it's a cream ale, 5.5% alcohol by volume. It's in a 12-ounce can. And let me take a sniff. And the sip. You definitely get that um, that coffee scent and the coffee flavor. I can taste the vanilla. Um, it's not, I, I don't love this beer. But I, if I had a six-pack of it, I would not be ashamed to put it away. I mean, drink it, that is. Not all at once. I'm good for one at a time, probably. So over the course of maybe, I don't know, a week, two weeks, I don't know. Uh, I, I could certainly drink this. I would give it out of five stars. And I, this is how I'll rate it on uh, on Untapped. You can follow me at the Barley Hopper on Untapped. I'd rate it a four. Because it's a pretty good cream ale. I don't love the coffee flavor. But I think they did it really well. At the same time, like I said, I don't love it. So today we've got a special uh, a list of gifts here. I'm going to give you my suggestions for gifts for the beer lover in your heart. So number one, a good insulated growler. You can pay as much or as little as you want for these, but I like um, the one that I got for about $15 at a local beer shop. I think it was called Black Dog Beer Shop. I'll link to them in the in the notes. And maybe they'll like me enough that they'll give me free beer someday. I don't know. Uh, But it's a double-walled stainless steel vessel. It's pretty good at keeping the beer cold. And uh, you can, like I said, you can pay as much as you want. And you can also uh, buy one online that's really kind of crappy and doesn't do the job well. Uh, But you can also buy them for much, much more than $15. Look at your reviews on Amazon or wherever you buy them and... You know, go by that. That's my suggestion. Number two, a gift certificate for Tavor, Beer Drop, Craft Shack, or another online uh, beer delivery service. So the deal with these services is, that, to me, the value in these, and I've tried all of them, and I'm sure there are many that I haven't tried that I just don't know about, but those three, uh, Tavor, Beer Drop, and Craft Shack, I didn't get a bargain. I've never gotten a bargain from any of them. If you look at how much it costs per can, per bottle, whatever. However, the value to me is that I get to try beers that I would not normally try. Or not that I wouldn't normally try them, but they're not available in my area. So a gift certificate to one of those places is certainly a great deal. Uh, it's a great way to get your the, the beer lover in your heart to try different things and just experiment a little bit. So again, none of these is a great deal per ounce, but 
Also, you have to compare it to not buying Miller Lite, but how much would you pay for a good beer on tap at a beer at, at a bar? And if you're paying something like like in mine you know, where I am in the D.C. area, it's not crazy to think about spending something like I don't know seven dollars at a good bar for a good beer. And of course, you can always get the you know the the more popular, not so great, not so interesting beers. But that's sort of what what we uh, get here in the D.C. area. So if I'm paying five dollars, six dollars, something like that per per can of beer uh, from one of these services, it's really not a bad deal. You know, and I get to enjoy it in the privacy of my own home and not around a bunch of nitwits who refuse to wear, refuse to wear masks. So uh, definitely a good choice there. I hear something a little bit different. Number three. A nice engraved pint glass, mug, or other favorite style of glass. And, you know, if you, if you study beer drinking and glass structure in terms of, like, what shape of glass goes with what type of beer, uh, you can get really technical about all this stuff. Uh, I drink almost all my beers out of tulip glasses because I like how it forms. Uh, you really get the, the sense that, uh, you know, you really get a great olfactory experience. So I don't really worry about the type of glass that stuff goes in because I really like to smell the beer. And this sort of glass helps with every type of beer. Uh, but, you know, look up what kind of glasses go with what type of beer if you're into that sort of thing. And a really nice etched glass that's maybe monogrammed or has the name on it or or maybe a nice, a nice slogan like, Beer means not having to wear pants at home. Something like that. You know, keep it classy. But I think that would be a great gift for someone. Number four, a beer holder belt buckle. My friend Kathy, who is my sweet Linda's wonderful sister, gave me a belt buckle a few years ago that opens up into a beer holder. So you can put your bottle or can of beer right in there. And sure, it's phallic. You know, but it's also a fun conversation piece. It's almost like a, I guess you'd call it a beer cod piece. Although I never really thought of that term before this moment. Uh, but plus it frees up my hands to do whatever I need to do with my hands. Yeah, I, I put it, I think I put it on my kilt belt. One of my kilt belts. Uh, and I think that's just a perfect complement to the entire outfit. All right. Now we're going to go into a slightly different list here. Top gifts for the home brewer in your life or wannabe home brewer. Maybe there's someone in your life who either makes beer or should be making beer or wants to try to make beer. This is what this list is for. Number one, and this is sort of an obvious uh, choice, a homebrew kit. So get them started with an equipment kit that costs about $100. They're easy to find and their lives and yours will never be the same. Such a small investment for a lifetime of discovery and wonder. It's like a chemistry set for adults. And sometimes these kits come with a set of ingredients as well. And again, they're about $100. It may range from $80 to $120, something like that. So depending on where you buy it and what it comes with. So remember that uh, the first time 
uh, your loved one makes a beer, you have to smile and pretend that you like it. Often that first beer is not that great, unless they're really good with following complex directions that are really actually simple directions. And if you've been into, if you've done home brewing, you know what I'm talking about. It's intimidating the first time, and you don't get the best beer. But you know what? You get beer that you made from your own sweat and blood, possibly, and ho hopefully malt also. Uh, but it's it's a success. You know, what, what happens is you make a beer, and it, it's not great, but it sort of gives you the, uh, the confidence to try it again. Then once you try it again, you start to get better, and you go back to the homebrew store in town, and you start talking to uh, the owner and other brewers and figuring out what that weird flavor is or why your bottle exploded or something like that. It's not, uh, it's not stuff that's super obvious a lot of time. So definitely get the homebrewer in your life or the wannabe homebrewer in your life, rather, a homebrew kit. Number two. Kegging equipment. If you already have a home brewer in your life, then you know you may have seen or witnessed or been part of the misery of bottling. And I am convinced that the reason people stop bottle, stop making beer at home is because of the bottling process. It's miserable. And if you've not seen this, imagine, go, go find a whole bunch of full or empty beer bottles and stack them next to each other and try moving them around just very slightly. And half the time, they'll fall down like dominoes or start to. And then you have to like set them back up. And then, uh, you know, it's just a pain. Plus, you have to wash 60 bottles if you're making the standard five-gallon batch. 65 bottles, something like that. Sanitize all of them. Sanitize, you know, clean and sanitize the bottle caps. Fill the bottles. Cap them. And then, you know, and, and there are some other steps in there as well. It's a pain in the ass. If you're doing kegging, you're really just filling one giant bottle. And it's stainless steel. It's not going to break. You know what? I have, I don't know, six, seven, eight uh, kegs here at home. And if I, if I fill one up and drop it from, like, the height, however high I can uh, reach up to the sky, they're not going to break. They are uh, high-pressure instruments here. And there's just no way I'm going to be able to break these things. I suppose I could if I tried. But there's no accidental breakage. Um, there are downsides to kegging. Things like if you don't uh, do the, if you don't clean and sanitize well, then you've lost a whole batch of beer rather than a couple bottles. So... You really have to have your system down for cleaning and sanitizing. But that's really the, the trick for it. And you can even do closed tank transfers, which limits the oxidation of beer. And if you're not familiar with closed tank transfers of beer, you really need, and you are a home brewer, you need to get familiar with this because that'll really help preserve your beer even longer. And you know, so how much does kegging equipment cost? If you buy, use, I'll put a link to the place where I get, where I've gotten cakes before and, and bottles of gas and stuff. But let's say you buy all the equipment, you could do it for a couple hundred dollars. And it's a huge improvement on the enjoyment of the hobby. 
if you are doing it as a hobby. And, you know, it's one of those things that really changes the whole experience. You know, you can really focus on making a great beer rather than on having to clean and sanitize a whole bunch of bottles and then maybe getting something wrong or not cleaning a couple of them thoroughly. It's just such a pain to do that stuff. Kegging equipment, definitely a top choice there. Number three, I would recommend a fluid transfer pump. What this does is, this is again on the spectrum of after you start kegging, uh, you might want to look at something this like this. It's, it's another piece of equipment. Um, I bought mine for $70 or so, something like that online. And what it does is it allows me to not have to rely on gravity to move beer from one vessel to another. So normally what I would do before buying this is I would create a siphon and siphon the beer. And if, you, if you've never siphoned anything, what you have to do is put the one thing way up high and then use gravity to suck it out and, um, and get the flow going to the new vessel, like a keg or the bottles or whatever. Uh, what the fluid uh, transfer pump does is I could leave these two vessels on equal level. And the benefit to me for that is if I have a carboy, a glass carboy, lifting it up onto the countertop is just one more thing that could cause it to break. And one thing I don't want to do is have shards of glass, lacerated veins, all this sort of stuff. I mean, that's you drop a carboy and you're probably going to the hospital easily. Or if you accidentally break it, maybe you're lifting it up to the countertop and you just tap it slightly on the you know, on the side of the counter by mistake. That could cause a break in the in the glass. So, again, I bought mine on uh, northernbrewer.com, and I'll tell you more about that in a moment. Uh, but it was $70. And I think it was some, I think it was a Black Friday sale. So normally this thing goes for $85 or 90 or whatever it is. Um, and I got it on a discount, you know. But here's the thing about Northern Brewer. I told you, if you listen to the last episode of the podcast, I sort of went on about them a little bit. And I'll do it again for a moment. But to bring you up to speed, every order with them is problematic in the last few years. Um, this recent order of the fluid transfer pump is no, no different. So I ordered it again. It was Black Friday, so that's the day after Thanksgiving, right? So I put the, I go online, I get their discount email, and I put in the discount code in their website, and I bought the thing. And it said, uh, "Okay, we got, we were, we're going to work on processing your order." So a week goes by, and I look online in my account at northernbrewer.com, and it still says nothing about. Your order's been packed. Your order's been shipped. Your, you know, it's in queue. It just says you've, you know, I know I've been charged because I can look at my bank account. But that's really all it said. Hey, we took your money. You know, and that's about it. And so I wrote to them. And one of their things uh, at Northern Brewer is they say, if you look at their customer service page, uh, we pride ourselves in top-notch customer service. So a week goes by and there's no update on the order. Uh, 
And I send them an email and I say, listen, I, you know, it's not that I need the pump tomorrow. It's not that I need it in three weeks. It's that this order's just hanging out and there's been no communication at all. And to me, that's a fail in customer service. If you can't update your customer and say, um, you know, it's, we're getting, we have a lot of orders because it's Black Friday, or if they don't say, they should say something like, uh, you know, expect two weeks for delivery or whatever. And I told him this. I said, you know, if you don't, if you don't uh, do your communication with the customers, then you can't really call yourselves, you know, leaders in customer service or, or call a great customer service, whatever it says on there. And so I sent him that email and asked for an update. And I got an email, I, I, I got an email back saying, your order's been processed and uh, we're shipping it today or tomorrow, whatever it says. And to me, that's just a failure on their part. Yeah, I wanted it soon, but I didn't need it the next day you know, or, or the next week. I just needed to know when it was going to come. And they didn't even really tell me that ever. What they did is they just said, we're processing your order and shipping it out tomorrow. And, and, uh, and I got a, uh, a tracking number and everything and UPS delivered it or whoever did. So it worked out, but it's just terrible communication. They're not good at expectation management. So that's a long story to tell you. If you do get a fluid transfer pump, you could probably get a good one from them, but you may not know when it's going to arrive. So I recommend nearly any other company. Okay, number four, for gift for your uh, home brewer in your heart. A gift card for any store except Northern Brewer. And again, Northern Brewer, you know, if you can get past the poor customer service and maybe stuff being broken or missing from your order, you know, it's not a bad place, I guess. Or, and orders, you know, maybe shipping this week, maybe in three weeks, and they're not going to tell you when. You know, I, I suppose it's not that bad. But if you like good customer service and you like to know at least what's going on, it's, uh, you should probably go somewhere else. But Northern Brewer, honestly, they, they don't have great customer service, like I just said, but they have darned near everything you could want for home brewing. And they've got it at pretty good prices. I still would not get a card from them, though, like a gift card. I would go to another home brew store. Maybe there's a local one in your town. And if you need uh, directions or, you know, need to be able to find it so you can get your loved one the right gift, uh, let me know and I'll, I'll be glad to help you find it. So, you know, another way to go is to say, you know, put it, get like an Amex or Visa or MasterCard gift card from the supermarket or wherever you get those things for $100 or whatever denomination you want and put a little note in saying, I wanted to get you something for your homebrew endeavors but I didn't know what to get you, so I hope you can get something for yourself. Still a very nice gesture. Uh, and it allows people, so if, if you have someone like this who makes beer, you probably don't know what they want anyways, which is why I'm saying a gift card would be great. Uh, another way to go, Amazon. Amazon sells everything. You can get anything, almost anything, on Amazon. So a gift card from Amazon is certainly a good choice. 
So that's my list of what to get the home brewer in your heart, in your life. Some people have asked me, what are my favorite podcasts? And I have some here that I'm going to list that are beer podcasts, and I have some that are other ones. Uh, one of my favorite ones, though, is Craft Beer and Brewing's uh, podcast. The host, Jamie Bogner, has a big brain, and he thinks at a high level. He's endlessly curious, but also seems to know what people are going to say during the interviews that he does. Uh, in episode 156, Levi Funk of Untitled Art and Funk Factory refers to the styles that have not been created yet. And that seemed to catch Jamie Bogner's interest a lot. And I look forward to whatever discussions come out of that. If you're a brewer, a brewer and you know, whether professionally or a home brewer or what have you, definitely check out this podcast, Craft Beer and Brewing. And yes, it's the same folks from Craft Beer and Brewing Magazine. So go check them out. It's an endlessly interesting set of interviews. Another podcast I love, The Reluctant Phoenix. This is by Jeff Zimmerman, who's a, um, he does a lot of spoken word type stuff. He's, he's a comedian, but he's also this, this really interesting guy. And what he does in The Reluctant Phoenix is he talks to people who have undergone or are undergoing personal transformations. Jeff is in the comedy world in New York City, and his style of, uh, is very self-referential, mainly consisting of stories of his own experiences and transformations. And I first met Jeff in a sort of Rashomon-like way in Arlington, Virginia, at a coffee shop, where, we got bad, where he got bad customer service, and we simultaneously blogged about it. Didn't know each other. Uh, and that led to a firestorm of opinions about the nature of customer service, whether the customer is always right, and the opportunity to educate a customer. There are also discussions of arson and nut punching. It was a very interesting uh, set of discussions that happened on this blog. Uh, so definitely go check that out, The Reluctant Phoenix. You're going to love it. If you like The Moth, you're going to love The Reluctant Phoenix. Another one I love. The I Am Podcast, and this is for, uh, put together by the International Association of Movers. And uh, confession time here, this is a podcast I produce for uh, my employer. So that's where I work full time. Go check it out. More listeners means more likelihood of me keeping my job in 2021. Plus, I try to inject some fun into the business discussions. And uh, boss man, if you're listening, this counts as... Uh, promoting a communication vehicle, and I'm adding to my timesheet right now. And we're making it more valuable, and we're going to get a million listeners. So again, the International Association of Movers podcast. Go check it out. Next one, The Moth. I just mentioned The Moth, didn't I? So if you don't know The Moth, you should get to know it. It's all about people's personal lives. The stories are sometimes funny, sometimes sad, nearly always insightful and touching. And maybe you've heard of the moth on your NPR station, National Public Radio. Uh, you know, it's it's always something interesting. You know, it's, so go check it out if you're into um, if you're into storytelling and learning people's origin stories. That's a great place to hear some great stuff. Free Economics Radio. This shows all about social and business dynamics that are often unpredictable and not obvious. It's a very interesting show, and you can get a lot of 
personal knowledge and insight, but also business knowledge and insight. So that's one reason I really like it. And the last one on my list here, it's not the last podcast I like. It's just the last one I put on my list. I listed many others. But this one is uh, particularly good. I really like it a lot. It's called The Recasto. And I'm going to put links to all these podcasts in here on, in the show notes. And The Recasto, it's music, social justice, interviewers, I- interviews, and interesting commentary. The host, John Champion, officially known as Champ, is a TV and radio veteran and has top-notch interviewing skills. And actually, we went to high school together in Raleigh, North Carolina. and did, We didn't know each other terribly well, but we knew each other by name, I think. And uh, you know, we reconnected on Facebook a few years back, and I was really inspired by what he's doing. And Champ was the guest on the first episode of this podcast. So definitely go check out what he's doing. If you like music, Champ is this, he's one of these guys who knows a lot about music. And when I say that, I mean, if you say, mention some obscure uh, band that you used to listen to in, uh, you know, 20 years ago or something like that, he'd probably say, oh yeah, yeah, remember when they changed drummers and, uh, and things didn't go so well and they got another drummer after that and things kind of worked out. You know, he knows the history, he knows the music, and he's just an interesting guy to talk to and, and learn from. You can learn uh, something neat about uh, podcasts, listening to other people's podcasts, is you learn different ways of interviewing people. You learn uh, how to hone a craft. You learn you know, how to talk to people. You sort of, after a while, get to know the art of the follow-up question which is huge. If you don't know about follow-up questions, you need to watch old videos of Dick Cavett. And he was a, a guy who did, uh, he had a talk show on TV back in the 60s and early 70s, maybe maybe even late 70s, I can't remember. And he was just like an excellent interviewer. And his thing is he would start out with a simple question and he'd do the follow-up question. And that really started the conversation. So... Anyways, that's my list of uh, podcasts I love. I'm really glad you joined us again today, whenever today is, wherever you are. Uh, it's uh, Christmas time, and as much as I try to keep this uh, sort of podcast non-denominational, Christmas is something that I observe. And it's a really joyous time, and it's a time for reflection as well. One of the things I'm looking forward to in the new year, other than having a you know an end to COVID, hopefully, or maybe there's not going to be an, an end, but we'll at least be able to conduct our lives again in some sort of, I hate to use the term new normal because that's what everyone's saying, but if we can learn how to navigate this situation, even if it doesn't go away completely, uh, that that would be a huge step forward, and I can only imagine that back when you know my parents' days, when there was the polio vaccine, the people were probably thinking the same thing. Like, polio is this terrible disease, uh, but you know if we can, we don't know if the if the uh, the vaccine is going to work, but we're going to give it a shot, and that's what we need to do now. Is we're going to give it a shot. We need to make a solid bet 
on the future of our country and the world. So please get out there, wear your mask, uh, do your social distancing 10 feet or 6 feet or whatever they're saying now. And when it's available to you, go get vaccinated. Our entire society, the entire world is depending on you to do the right thing. But anyways, I told you I wasn't going to say much about that. So now I have to figure out some other hope for the future, hope for the new year. I really look forward to tasting new beers. I'm interested to see what happens in terms of customer dynamics, you know, customer behaviors. Once it's okay to return to beer to uh, breweries and bars and stuff like that and really have these places open, something like they used to be, are people going to do it? Will they really go out of their way to change their habits again? We've been inside for nearly a year, you know, uh, cooking stuff in, at home, uh, a lot of us. Are people going to go back to doing the things that they used to do before all this started? Because once there is a vaccine, it's not like I got the shot for the vaccine and I'm okay. We still need, for the sake of society, for lots of people, about 70% of the population, to get it. So that's going to take a while. It's going to take a lot of money, uh, but it's important for the public health. It's important for the future of, honestly, humanity. Not to get too dramatic about it. But anyways, uh, this is the last episode for the year. Thank you for joining me, and thank you for joining me always. I will talk to you later. Happy New Year. Merry Christmas. Happy Kwanzaa. Whatever you su support. And I, I, I should say also, uh, Happy Hanukkah. I, I'm late for that, so I, I wasn't going to mention it, but that's an important year-end year -end time holiday as well. So thanks for joining me, and I'll see you next time. Do you want your beer opinions featured on this podcast? Find us on anchor.fm and leave us a voice message. Maybe you'll hear your own voice here on this podcast. And maybe I'll spout off about whatever you have to say, too. So please come join us. Be part of the conversation. Thank you for joining us at the Barley Hopper Podcast. Subscribe to the podcast and we will talk to you next time. Cheers. Cheers.